Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, all your budding adventurers. My name is James and welcome back to another episode of the 9to5ADV podcast, where we talk affordable and accessible adventure bike riding. This week, uh, we are doing a little different to what we promised um we had the launch of the harley davidson pan america on monday and we figured there was enough going on in that to warrant an episode in itself uh so joining me as always is my co-host ross don't tell me anything about your opinion just yet ross no but how are um, you I will, but are we still affordable i mean these bigger bench bikes are brand new ones especially getting pretty expensive now and we're going to come on to the price but are we still within the realms of afford- affordability here, James? That's the question, isn't it? Well, it, it depends whether we, at the end of this, we recommend that that you go out and purchase a Pan America yeah, when it comes true. out. Um, <laughs> and let's face it, everyone just buys on PCP anyway, so from that point of view, yeah, it, exactly. it probably will be um, affordable anyway. But yeah, no, thanks. I'm, I'm good. Um, had some news today from... Uh, from the mighty lee anthony of bridge motorcycles so i'll be back to work from next week which at the time of recording will be the the first of march monday the first of march so you know little plug here if you'd like to buy a brand new 70 plate motorcycle give me a call sorry that was that was that was shameless wasn't it no that's fine that's taxpayers uh, no longer paying your wage then no exactly yeah i will be uh being paid well hopefully you guys will still be paying it but just by buying bikes (laughs) from me by buying bikes <laughs> so yeah there's no news this week i mean well the news is the topic which is which is this pan america so yeah. originally uh after recording last week's episode we decided that we were going to uh cover all upcoming adventure bikes in this week's episode and then we discussed that they were doing this launch for the pan america on monday yeah we thought, okay, this is definitely going to be an interesting bike, better or worse. Let's do something with it, whether we do some kind of, I don't know, some kind of live reaction like people do with trailers for movies. Or do people do for everything these days, from what I can tell. <laughs> yeah. You can do reactions yeah. of reactions um, of reactions. Yeah, and the, the idea of mixing together three individual videos um, – as well as audio just seemed too much for me yeah no, that's, um, that's fair. but i i also started reading about the bike and it's it, it's definitely interesting um we haven't discussed it we've we've actively avoided discussing it haven't we this yeah we, we haven't had a dis- the subject so i don't know what you think of the bike and vice versa um i just watched the little documentary thing that harley have done to launch it which is um at least i guess from a 
Like it's a, it's a kind of fresh marketing perspective uh, or approach to a, to a new bike is to sort of make a little mini documentary about it. I haven't seen any other manufacturers other than maybe Royal Enfield do that. Um, so I thought that, that was that was quite cool. So I watched that this afternoon and then I've spent spent a little bit of time reading about it and um, trying to form an opinion on it. Yeah, so um, I suppose the best place to start is to explain to anyone who's listening that doesn't know about it what mm. what it is. So Harley Davidson, so so world famous for their cruisers, their big V twin engines, uh, and more recently for going out of style. Yeah, yeah. Well, kind of not not catering to the kind of a a, a newer, younger audience, I guess, and, and what they want from a bike. Yeah, and uh, they they've been taking some sort of big leaps of faith in recent years, most notably with this Livewire, their electric bike, uh, really trying to sort of pull in a fresh audience uh, because they've clung on so hard for so long to this image and this one style of bike and biker. And it's an image that for the last, well, for sort of like the 90s and, and 2000s worked incredibly well for them. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and But in, after that, it's it has, it has dipped off it's become less popular i mean in the states i i am i think it is still the top selling motorcycle brand i'd be very surprised if it's not in the states but as we said last week you know motorcycles are a global market and you kind of you need you need to be selling everywhere to to be a viable viable brand really don't you yeah certainly in, so, in terms of the size harley davidson is it's a bit different if you're like a tiny little boutique manufacturer or something but exactly and the adventure bike segment as we said before is a huge slice of motorcycle pie these days yeah so i guess huge, one, huge one, slice. one thing we're gonna have to talk about there in that sense is are they too late to the party i've got a very strong opinion on that based on my opinion of the bike so mm. I, i've got a definitive answer to that that i'll okay. come to later on yeah uh, so just remember to ask me later on but but yeah so they've, they've launched an adventure bike which they we first saw about a year ago if Probably Something that like that. Uh, I saw it at the. Did I see it at the? I think I saw advertisements for it at the bike show in 2019. I think. Mm, I remember seeing pictures. I remember seeing last year. It was like it was at bike shows around the world, but like behind glass. You know, very very hush hush. We're not show. We're not yeah, giving you anything I away. I think that's what I saw. I think I may have seen a model of it when I was there, but that would have been yeah, 2019. Mm-hmm. And then. Monday, so we're on the Wednesday, the 24th, we're recording this behind the scenes for you lot. Yes. Um, and on Monday, so Monday the 22nd, they released this this sort of documentary and this sort of big global reveal, all the specs, all the pictures, all the videos. Well, actually, no, I think I've, maybe I've kind of drifted off, but you said they listed all the specs. And that was the thing I I thought was interestingly kind of missing was actually they didn't list many specs. There was a lot of kind of... Um, oh, it has so much of this, and it has loads of that. But they didn't. They didn't go into the kind of um, details. Not, not in the doc, not in that video, not the documentary. But they have in you know press releases and such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have, and if on on the, and on their website they have basically chucked everything at you. They've they've got a full accessory list, which is which is very surprising. Well, not surprising, surprising for Harley, for Harley I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> that's that's such a huge thing. They make their money, I think. Um, yeah, whereas a lot of bikes, they'll release the bike and some specs. And then, you know, some bikes like the T7, we were getting accessories like six months after yes. the bike had even launched, um, get drip fed out. So 
Um, they've they've obviously spent a lot of time on on the R and D and the development, and have just dumped everything out this week. Um, so I don't know where you want to start. Well, I would thought I would start with my initial reaction to um, turning on the documentary and uh, Jason Momoa um, and his thundering voice. And I kind of wanted to stick my finger down my throat a little bit and be sick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to me, it, all I can say is it, w- it was very American um, and very kind of modern influencery, social media-y, um, the connection between the human spirit and blah, 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 blah. And I thought, oh, oh gosh, was... am I going to have to watch half an hour of this? And it, <laughs> to be fair, it got better. And, it, it, you know, they did actually talk about the bite. But the first sort of two minutes, I thought, oh, gosh, right. Yeah, this is exactly what I was expecting. It was what I thought was really funny was that, you know, the production value. I mean, of course, they've got a big name star. They've got, you know, it's Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> or Carl, it's Carl Drogo, you know, it. it it's a. It was a very big budget spectacle, and I don't know what you think of the styling of the bike, but I just thought that every time they cut to the bike, it just didn't seem like it was in the right video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, Jason Momoa is, you know, you kind of expect him to be on some big, like, rough, ready, um, kind of, I don't know, something a little bit more... Something like the 1200 Scrambler, like properly, yeah, exactly. Like That's what I'm trying to get a, at. It's a rougher a bit, version of that. Something yeah, really something a bit more gritty, st- stylish. Do I kind of yeah, dare yeah, to yeah. Say. Um, like you know how they started the dot that uh, that video with the, the sort of like custom like flat trackers that they were yes, out exactly in the dirt. That's what you. That's what they're on, and and um, it's quite funny because you kind of thought that it would end there, and then we cut to the um we cut to the the development team that have created this bike and they start talking about the history of harley davidson and <laughs> to, 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 to describe my reaction to it they uh they they were sowing this idea that harley has always been about off-road adventure bikes because back in the day where there were no roads they created a motorcycle yeah and I thought you're really kind of clutching at straws a bit here. And then, as they as they went on, I'll, I'll agree. You know, I'll admit that you know they talked about doing like the Baja, even winning, the, winning Baja the Baja 500 once. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, fine. But st- yeah, but still, I mean, <laughs> but still, it's an achievement, you yeah. know. And, and they're they, kind they of the importance big... of their bikes in World War Two. Um, yeah, and the fact that a lot of their bikes were kind of modified for the military use, and kind of you know, in Harley's eyes, that that was the original adventure bike. Exactly, and it, this is where you know your custom cruisers and your bobbers and your scramblers all came from after World War Two, yes. when yeah. when everyone came back and they had these bikes and they. Because yeah, I think a lot of the squaddies got to did... keep or like got to buy their bikes for cheap, didn't they? Yeah, so that's where like the heritage of the bobbers and the scramblers come from. And at that point, obviously Harley made the decision that the route that they were going to take was this sort of custom cruiser angle. Yeah, and I think they said this in the documentary that what you also have to remember was that the USA changed quite dramatically after the World War II because they had all their kind of interstate highways put in. And actually suddenly, well, why would you... You don't, you now don't need an off-road bike. Um, and if the point of a Harley-Davidson is just to get you from one place to another, 
um, surely the best thing to do from a company point of view is build a bike that's fantastic on the on the highway, um, which is exactly what Harley did. I think it was like 1956 or something. Um, they brought out their first kind of proper interstate cruiser. Can't remember what it was called. And I absolutely, I, 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 it was actually a very enjoyable, you know, video documentary to watch. I just thought that the fact that they were sort of saying that they've got this this heritage in this almost as if we can make an adventure bike because we made one a hundred years ago sort of thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> we're, we're just as qualified as anybody to yeah. make a 20 uh, uh, an adventure bike in 2021 which it was quite funny but I, uh, at the same time it kind of plays into harley's ethos the people that you always see interviewed and 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 mm. um uh and talk about this bike and even in the documentary the, the, the one of the first people that you meet is the the vp for uh, the, i think it's styling or something yes and yeah, that, yeah, no he is the yeah uh, the very first person that comes in and that is harley that is what that is what this is all about this is what it's always been about and well and to be fair to harley they are they are a household name in the way that like wor- worldwide they are a household name and they are a brand above and beyond any other motorcycle manufacturer yeah oh yeah you know um everybody has heard of harley davidson um you know you could you could go practically anywhere in the world um and most people think probably think they're fantastic motorcycles as well mm-hmm. you know non-motorcyclists say oh what what, what are you into oh, i'm into i'm into my bikes oh cool uh my uh, my dad used to have a harley and we go mm, okay yeah <laughs> yeah which is great it's, unless you're a unless you're a salesman trying to work out what someone's about to park exchange with you yeah absolutely <laughs> but uh so no, we I've haven't been on a few sorry go on i was just gonna say just from a from a brand perspective a lot of i know that harley davidson like every other motorcycle brand out there wishes they had the marketing exposure that harley davidson has you know um i've been on like kawasaki courses and yamaha courses and they all say you know point at harley davidson and say that's where we want to be we want people to want to buy our t-shirts even if they've never ridden a yamaha maybe they don't even have a bike license you know everybody want if you go to the states you may well come home with a a harley davidson t-shirt um and that is something that harley do phenomenally well better than any other brand out there doesn't necessarily translate to a uh, industry leading adventure bike so come on then we're we're 14 minutes into the episode and we haven't actually we're tiptoeing yeah we haven't spoken, right so it's the first adventure touring bike uh that's been met, uh, you know in terms of a modern what we would call a, a, a an adventure bike made in the made in america um so so that's pretty cool um i like the fact that they haven't tried to rehash existing technology uh within harley davidson um and they haven't just like recycled a big old air-cooled lump. They have made a bespoke yeah, engine for the, it. The Revolution Max engine, a brand new, brand new, you know, piece of kit. Yeah, um, which like it's called the Max. Yeah, as well. Not it's just quite, the Revolution. It's quite funny. Um, Fort Nine, you know, the YouTuber that I keep going back to all the time. He did a video on comparing. When are you guys getting married? <laughs> when I move, when I move out to Vancouver. No, yeah, sure. But, <laughs> I was watching it this evening because I was I'm trying to I was trying to I did a bunch of Google searching I was trying to come up with I was trying to find a reason why we've never seen a V twin in an adventure bike before. What about the V Strom? Except for the V Strom, which I completely sorry, forgot James, about. to <laughs> piss on your bonfire. A, a serious, a serious <laughs> adventure bike. 
Um, the V sorry, uh, sorry, proper, sorry. I know that's a fantastic adventure bike. I know I it's a lovely it last week. engine to ride. But you know what? You know what I mean. And yeah. um, and what about and, the KTM twelve ninety? Is that okay? I'm and, just, and what about the Ducati Multistrada? It's not a. It's not a. Well, it's, v, a v, it's a V. It's a V four now, but it was always a V twin. Okay, well, I'm going to cut this whole section out. But yeah, I start. thought you might. <laughs> There's never been a V twin adventure bike. Okay. <laughs> I'll scrap that. Why has there never been a V-twin off-road bike? What about the KTM 990 Okay, okay, fine. Ignore me. What I'm... Back to my original (laughs) point is that Fortnite did a video comparing, uh, explaining why Indian, the Indian Scout, is pumping out better specs. Yeah, yeah. On their engines compared to Harley. It's because they're not afraid to to innovate and, and develop and yes. have a more modern engine. Whereas Harley, because it's all about the styling, they've, they've got to have... But it has to sound like a Harley for a start. Yeah, and because they're not innovating their, their V-twins, it's it's causing it's causing them to suffer on their specs. Mm-hmm. What they've done with this Revolution Max is, is it looks like they've really you know taken a fresh look at this. They've completely change the way that they look at their their you know their motors well yeah for a start the engine is over square which is especially in a v-twin is something we've only ever seen really as far as i'm aware in superbikes. i remember when the um the the first panigale came out and they talked a lot about the fact that that engine was really over square so that means that the bore is is wider than the stroke is long um which allows an engine to rev really high um, traditionally with cruisers you have a really long stroke which gives that like kind of lazy thumping high torque motor um, but typically delivers very little in the way of power um, so I was when they said it was an over square engine I thought that was that was not shock I mean shocking is not the right word but it was surprising at least that they've done it differently yeah exactly yeah, and yeah. that's a real departure for Harley yeah and they, we've got the variable valve timing as well which is you know, they're saying that it will do wonders. You know, it gives you a wide torque band. Um, it's like we said road. last week in the Euro it's... 5 chat. The VVT is, you know, the fact, like we said, that high revving engines are the ones that are being um, kind of hardest hit means that it was almost inevitable in this bike where you've gone for an oversquare high revving V-twin, uh, especially a really big capacity one. You're going to have to do something else with that engine in order to to meet the emissions criteria. So, um, I think VBT was it was was to be expected with this, really. Yeah, um, and, it, and it does it, it lets you get much more out of the motor. Yeah, massively. I mean, this is when they said the power figure. I was really surprised. Um, I was thinking this is going to be a hundred, hundred and ten horsepower machine all day long. And we're looking at 150 brake horsepower. At nine thousand revs, aren't we? Which again, for a, you know, for a V twin, nine thousand RPM is for a big V twin. It's that's a lot of power, at a lot of revs. It's pretty impressive. It is, it is, and I've got the stats here. We'll go into them later mm. on, but it is, it is up there with with the other big hitters in the ca- in you know in the running of this this style of machine. Yeah. Um. So all ticks so far, then. Yeah, absolutely. Um. It's tricky because these. Uh, you you can't help but really sort of just rattle off a list of stats whether something like this is announced. It's not until you get on the thing that you can really mm. actually form an opinion. Um, no, of course not. Yeah, you know, I mean, another plus for the for the V twin is you can have a much narrower engine than the 
they're they're saying that for such a big bike, it is incredibly narrow. Yeah. Um, even though it wouldn't, it yeah. doesn't look like it at all in the photographs, but they are insisting that you've got a really narrow, really light kind of profile to the to the bike. Yeah. No, I thought it was pretty cool. They're using the engine as a stress member as well, which again, that was kind of to me that was sort of super bikey technology uh what like seven eight years ago with, with the likes of the panigale again doing this doing a similar thing and um i think that is you know that's super innovative for harley davidson to be using the engine as a stress member um the other by sort of the the byproduct of that is that it's got separate frame components yeah it's split in three separate components isn't it yeah that's it exactly so unlike the t7 where if you were unlucky enough to bend or, or break your subframe you yeah your bike's probably just a write-off um in theory on this bike you could just replace the subframe yeah it's it's one of the the things that have really quite surprised me quite positively as to how far they have gone off-road mm. off-road wise because you saw especially when we saw that you know the images way back when and it just looked like a a lorry in yes. a forest it was just it didn't look like there were any sort of off-road credentials at all on this thing but they have put some some pretty big effort in which is quite impressive well yeah they they have um i'll be i would just be really interested to see how that actually translates outside of the the marketing because every single manufacturer can make a bike look spectacular off-road if they want to i'm not I'm I'm a not convinced that it will be that great off road. I don't know why I think that. Um, I'm just not convinced that Harley Davidson have it in them. I also think that any bike that's weighing 250, 260 kilos, unless it's in the right hands, um, I think it's fundamentally not the right tool for the job. I think it it is what it says on the tin, which is which is Pan America. I mean, I'm sure there's some like dirt or i know that there's like the trans canada way that i've looked into which is uh a mixture of roads and back roads and sort of dirt yeah, i think and... if you're on like long fire roads yeah you know miles and miles of gravel i've no doubt it'll be fine because any adventure bike's fine on that and as long as you've got a 19 inch plus wheel mm -hmm. um everything will be fine on that yeah um, this is know, what i want to take a tiger sport or a versus along it and i, and I think that's exactly how they envisage 99 percent of the buyers using it i don't think there's going to be very many people going and buying one of these and um and taking it green laning for instance and i don't think it's the right job the right bike for that yeah um let's talk about the weight because i because I, well, okay. i'm feeling quite positive about this right now um, mm -hmm. and I want to move on to uh, the negatives in a bit. So I want to lump all my, my good stuff together before I get okay. into the swing of my notes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, the I think I think the biggest surprise for me was the weight. Yeah, it's pretty competitive, isn't it? I mean, because we, we didn't mention this up top, but we've got two, two models, haven't we? We've got, we've got the base model and we've got the special, haven't we? Which has basically got I, all the... I, I would be amazed if anybody bought the standard one. Yeah, because it's fifteen hundred quid more, and you get the semi-active suspension. You basically get it's unbelievable how cheap, how small the the price increase is. I've never seen a manufacturer with such a small price increase mm -hmm. from a bike with um, standard suspension to semi-active. Normally, you, you normally you expect to see a three grand jump between those, like you know, those sort of bikes straight yeah. away. Again, and on PCP as well, which you know you're not <laughs> nobody's gonna. Hardly anybody's going to be buying this, you know, straight out right. It's going to be... A, not many. Um, and you're not going to be looking at a big 
jump in your monthly payment to do that. No. It'd be, it would be silly not to spend that money on it. Yeah, exactly. But the base is two hundred. This is wet weights, two hundred and forty-two kilograms and two hundred and fifty-four for the special, which sounds obviously it sounds heavy. But if we compare well, and that, it is heavy. It is heavy. Yeah. Oh it's yeah, just definitely. Not, it's just not that heavy in comparison to its nearest rivals. Yeah. So I mean, the twelve fifty GS, for example, their claimed wet weight is two hundred and sixty-eight kilograms. Is that? For, do you know? I don't know if you looked. Do, do you know if that is for the um, GSA with the big tank or not? Uh, I've got the page still open. The R1250 GS, yeah, GSA, GS Adventure. Yeah, so just bear in mind the GSA has got like, it's got an enormous fuel tank, so that will equate for a lot of that. Okay. Um, so if you compared it to a standard GS, which is probably more comparable in terms of fuel com- com- um, capacity, it would probably be closer. So the 1250 GS is, let's find it on the page. Yeah, while you're doing that, Triumph quote 248, but that's dry um, with like an 18, 20 litre tank. So the Triumph is up at 270. And the Triumph's tank isn't huge at all for an adventure bike. No, so the wet weight of the 1250 GS is 249. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's on a kind of par with that then, which is, which is pretty good. It's a lot lighter than the Triumph. Um, and then the only ones that are really, really beating it are the kind of the really sporty adventure bikes you know the ktms and the and the ducati multistrada and stuff which are coming in at um around about sort of 240 i guess 235 240 wet yeah so they, they quote dry weights as well so they're about 220 dry each yeah you can add about 20 kilos can't you to that yeah so with it, it's a again it doesn't look like a light bike mm. it, sorry it looks like an incredibly heavy bike it's surprising that it isn't heavier than it is. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Um, and then, like, te- technology on it, I think, is pretty impressive. Again, it's, I'm not, I'm not going to really bother talking about the standard version. I'm going to talk more about the special. But um, all the stuff you, you, that you're getting on it, lean angle sensors, hill hold control, a 6.8-inch touchscreen with Bluetooth and navigation built into it, which is great. Um, you know, we've got five riding modes. Um and then the as standard on the special, you get show. I think it's show anyway. It's a semi-active suspension system, so it, it, it it's load adjusting, um, which is pretty cool. Um, tire pressure monitoring system. I think that's everything. All the kind of tech stuff on it anyway. But it's it's pretty fully loaded. Minus their big selling point, which which is an extra. It's an optional extra. Is it not a standard no, on the it's special? An optional extra right, on okay. the special. I, I I believe anyway. I'm pretty sure. Um, I copied and pasted some stuff from the Harley website and it says factory installed option, adaptive ride height and tubeless laced wheels. So the, the spoked wheels are an optional extra on the special. And I believe the adaptive ride height, which I think you were going to go on to explain the, uh, the point of there. Yeah. So Cause this is like sort of an industry first, isn't it? Yeah. So, so all the, all the specs that you've mentioned so far are pretty standard on your top spec. Yeah, big absolutely capacity adventure bikes and if it it's almost as if it didn't have it it would be it would be silly to not have it so i'm not going to sing its praises for having all those all those um all those mod mm. cons um i'm especially going to point out that i think that having a touchscreen dash is ridiculous there's nothing worse than trying to reach forward and press a button on the dash of any motorcycle no, but they've got so, a I controller think... as well I it's know, got a controller just, as well i think so. it's 
think is ridiculous. But that's just yeah. me. But then um, touchscreen technology is not expensive anymore, so why not? Yeah, I suppose it's another another line on the spec sheet, isn't it? So yeah. So yeah. So really this is what are what are they calling it? I. They are calling it adaptive ride height. That's it, adaptive ride height, and I've got the all the information about it just here actually because they've got a few different modes yeah so here we go so it's the first motorcycle in the world to offer this technology uh, developed by harley davidson so the adaptive ride height uh yeah so it's an option for the special model only mm. so basically what what it does is uh depending on how you set it up either as you slow down or when you stop it will actually lower the bike lower your seat not the, it lowers the bike not your seat lowers the bike uh by either one or two inches uh depending on um how you set the bike up yeah um basically to allow you to to reach the floor when you're stopped so you've got that confident if you're a shorter rider uh obviously if you're a shorter rider and you've got an adventure bike then you know even with the smaller capacity adventure bikes they're tall machines so they that can knock a lot of confidence in people so this it, this aims to to get rid of that what's interesting is that it doesn't compromise the suspension travel so it's not like it compresses the the, the rear shock uh the full travel of the, the suspension is always maintained at any point on the adaptive ride height it doesn't compromise the lean angle um the ground clearance or ride quality apparently sounds like witchcraft but okay yeah how how can the ground clearance not be affected if the yeah. bike drops anyway? Yeah. So we'll have to have a look, look into that. But <laughs> I, it's a funny feature because, on the one hand, especially from the from where I'm sitting in the showroom, I can see that being a very very attractive selling point for a lot of people. Um, I think that maybe people like you and I, A, we're, we're lucky in that we're six foot plus, and B, we're not lucky because this comes through kind of experience, but we're both quite confident in terms of um, handling bigger machines. I've never found a tall bike intimidating, even when I can't touch the floor. Um, and I've kind of never understood when people have said, oh, I'm, I, but I can't get both of my feet flat on the floor. I think, well, I've ridden tens and hundreds of bikes, or whatever, where I can't get both of my feet flat on the floor. Um, I've never, ever seen that as uh, as something that I've needed in a bike. And like like I said, it's probably part, partly because I'm tall and partly just down to kind of experience and confidence. And, and like you said, not everybody um, has that, that same level of confidence. Um, and I guess for riders that are maybe using their bike less frequently, um, or maybe a bit older, then yeah, I can I can definitely see that it would be an appealing um, feature, especially if you take a pillion and luggage a lot. I guess. Yeah, I what I find confusing about this because when I first read about it, I thought this is, you know, this is brilliant. This is going to sell. This is going to sell that bike. But then, so you've got your three different modes. You have uh, the auto mode, so it determines how quickly to lower the suspension based on how aggressive the braking action is, with the target of having right, okay. the suspension fully lowered when the bike comes to a stop. So the idea is, it's not going to come to a stop and then lower. It's going to be yeah, it's yeah. going to be lowered it's by the time you get to your, your, traffic, yeah. your traffic light. Um, you have short delay and long delay modes, which uh, the function is delayed until the motorcycle comes to a, to a stop, so that the full ride height is maintained while the motorcycle is moving at low speeds, such as when negotiating in a parking lot, which I suppose makes sense okay. as well. And then the final mode is locked mode, so the the 
adaptive height system always maintains the normal ride height and does not lower at a stop. This mode might be selected by a tour rider uh, or for off-road riding when the full ride, ride height is desirable at low speeds. Mm-hmm. Which, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm really confused because the, on the one hand it's saying it doesn't lower ground, you know, it doesn't reduce ground clearance. Yeah. But then surely if you're riding off-road, you want Let's work under the assumption that that's wrong and it does lower the ground clearance. So basically, yeah. you want it to I be higher. Has, I cannot see how it can't. Yeah, so you want it to be higher so there's, there's more ground clearance when you're riding off-road. Mm. But if you're riding on the road, then you don't need that ground clearance, so why isn't it just lower anyway? Yeah, I get what you're saying, because if there's no if there's no compromise whatsoever to, that, like you said, the suspension geometry, because my, my thinking with it, I hadn't read what you just said. I just assumed I was like, well, the bike drops, but then obviously that upsets all of the suspension geometry. So as soon as you put, I mean, like cars have done it for years, Range Rovers and stuff, they, they can drop down to a sort of silly low um, when you come to a stop so you can get out of the out of a tall car. But you, you'd never ride, drive around in the car with it like that because the wheels would be rubbing on the arches. And I kind of assumed the same with this. I thought, oh, it's, you know, it's a good idea. The bike's going to drop down stupidly low when you come to a stop. And then the second you pull away, it's going to whiz you back up in the air. I've got no idea. It's one of those things that we're going to have to just, you know, once people will ride the bike and actually get a feel yeah. for it and see what it actually does. It's it's just one of those things that, to me, it feels quite gimmicky. It They've obviously, they've really bigged this up. They want this to be their big, you know, their mm, big selling new, point. your big unique unique selling point i don't see it but that might just be me using my tall man privilege yeah i think that's that's probably what it is i mean i i see it a lot at work i mean i see a, a huge number of people that come in and they like the idea of having an adventure bike but especially the bigger ones they're just out of reach literally out of reach for them um and and then they have to go and buy like a tiger 900 low which yeah then you i think you kind of just look you can look a bit odd on them because you've got this quite big bike with just this crazy low sculpted seat and it just looks odd. Yeah, you sit like right inside the thing. Exactly, and you just think that bike doesn't look right and then also it affects the resale value of it because no, you know, nobody else wants that bike. Everybody else wants the the proper one. So, I think I think it's I definitely think it's a good idea and I could see a lot of manufacturers adopting that. Um I just think we need to clarify how this thing works and um, you know, because surely it has to affect the uh it has to affect something otherwise why isn't it just yeah exactly. always lower anyway what else haven't we covered on this on this bike then um i mean do you like the way it looks uh so in the white and orange yes mm-hmm. that's that was my opinion i think the black looks really odd i think it looks like kind of you might like it if you kind of like 80s kind of night rider styling i sort of get it from that perspective but the black i just don't think works for it i don't think it shows off the lines of the bike i don't think it looks remotely modern it yeah it looks like it's belong like it was made in the 90s yeah whereas in the somehow when you change simply just change the headlight cowl and the tank to white and orange Mm -hmm. immediately to me it looks like a 2021 bike it looks really modern it looks really contemporary um i think it looks mental don't get me wrong but it doesn't offend me as much as it did before (laughs) um i still don't think i would want to own one i'm not i don't say i wouldn't want to be seen on one that's not true but i think it's it's a bit odd i definitely want to ride one it's definitely intrigued me a lot more than 
it had done before. Mm. It's tricky. I mean, I'm trying. To, I've been trying to think of who is going to buy this bike, and would I recommend this bike to anyone? And it's. I feel it's a bit of a risk. You're you're going mm. that you. It's a brand new segment for obviously a very well established company, very old you know company. Mm. So it's not like they don't know what they're doing with with motorcycles, but it's entering a whole new segment. I don't personally think it's bringing anything to the table that we don't already have. Apart from a low, apart from adaptive ride height. Yeah, that's it, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think the only people that will buy this will be Harley Davidson mm. fans. Yeah, that have been looking for a touring bike. Yeah, but haven't been able to bring themselves to leave their like their beloved brand. Yeah, I can't imagine many people jumping to the Harley. Yeah, I can't see even mm. new adventure riders. I can't. I don't know. Maybe maybe people that have never ridden before, and that you could you know we get a lot of people come into this segment as a yes. fresh rider, you know, sort of middle age onwards. Well, and like we said, that you know the Harley brand does have that draw. You know, if you're new into motorcycles, you don't know a lot about motorcycles. And but you know you think you want an adventure style bike, and you realise that you can have that from Harley Davidson for a pretty reasonable price. Then maybe those people will jump to it. Because mm-hmm. like you were saying earlier, that the you know the numbers on that new motor, they're good, but they're not they're not industry breaking or industry leading at all. No, they're har- they're Harley leading. Yeah, you know it's got a bit more horsepower than the the, the Triumph and the BMW. It's got less than the KTM and the Multistrada. And it's not as torquey as the R1250, is it? No, it's, I mean, it's so 127 newton meters of torque. So every other bike is, well, so the GS is 143, so so fair bit ahead. The, the Tiger's 122, so pretty much on par, although the torque is at a higher, a higher rev range. Yeah. The Multistrada's 125, so we're pretty much bang on as well. But again, much higher up the rev range and the ktm is from that yeah and the ktm is 138 so it's not we're not breaking any ground here with with anything really no and that lower kind of torque figure will come from the fact that the engine's short stroke Mm -hmm. you know it's not entirely it's unexpected from harley to have the lower of like one of the lowest torque figures in the class but um given what they've done with the engine may- maybe not so one thing that has surprised me um i'm surprised it's chain drive i was really surprised yeah because everything else here is, is uh, and not everything is sure. so the gs and ktm i think are both chain but they're but they are p- really pure road bikes and they're very much at the sporty end of the spectrum so the multistrada and the ktm aren't really pretending to to be kind of real extreme off-road bikes especially the multistrada I mean, yeah. I know Ducati like to do some press images, but no one's kidding themselves. No one's taking a 170 <laughs> horsepower V4 Multistrada seriously off road. Um, so I kind of, I kind of get why those bikes have the chain drive because it is the best way to get power to the rear wheel. Um, we're comparing, obviously, the Harley. We're, we're saying that this bike's got more power than the GS and the Triumph, but both of those are shaft drive, which sap power so kind of shouldn't we let the triumph and the gs off that because they've literally chosen a a better method for touring to, oh totally to transfer power um and yeah okay that's sapped a little bit of power but i would argue on a bike like that that um 
that's probably more advantageous and then we go back to the weight and we say okay well to the bikes kind of on a par weight wise with both of those bikes um and lighter than the triumph but if you've saved probably 15 kilos of that by not putting shaft drive on it you've got i feel like you've kind of cheated it's also worth bearing in mind in mind as well do harley have harley ever done a shaft drive or, or all their bikes sort of belt driven oh i would pass i think there might be something but nearly most of them are belt yeah and which it would which obviously is a huge no-no for any kind of sort of dirt riding you don't want to be <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely so i can see that i can see that um the thought process as to how they've ended up at, at chain i but I, I genuinely think that there will be swathes of people that will be put off that bike purely by that fact because I've seen people come in the showroom and they go, they've looked at bike, they've looked at the Africa Twin, they've looked at the V-Strom, they've gone, nope, nope, I want shaft drive. Oh no, I want shaft drive. I can't be bothered to lubricate and maintain and adjust a chain drive. I want shaft. Um, and nobody has ever said, oh no, I don't want shaft drive because it's a bit heavy. Because if you've decided you want shaft, you know you want all the benefits that comes with it. So I'm, I, I think they've, I really think they've missed a trick there. Yeah. One thing I did also find funny in the in the documentary was the uh, the lady who was in charge of the accessories design, and she said, I can't remember "What did she say? It was something like, um, oh, we've worked really hard to be really innovative and come up with a real unique range of of accessories for this bike, mm. including like a bash guard. including what was it? A, including carbon carbon tipped end can and bash guard and, and three different types of luggage, and it's like, okay." Are you going to show us something new? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Every manufacturer does all of those things. Yeah, I did. I did find that funny. But like you said to them, fair play to them for actually launching with accessories, all ready to if go. If you're a Harley owner, it's it's much the same. I think with Triumph, if you are in that brand, then you are going to want to buy that brand, and that that goes for everything. I suppose BMW more than Triumph actually. If you're, you know, the amount of times you see yeah, a, a, G, a you know brand new GS rider with with all the kit and you know everything is yeah i mean in our in our experience as a dealership triumph clothing is not a great seller um because we sell it alongside so many other really really good experience brands you know like um alpine stars and danisi and you know you can get hold of rucker stuff and all those sort of things um whereas bmw have definitely got people want that whole don't know why they want that look i think it's god awful but <laughs> you know people seem people seem to want it james archibald can explain to us why he rides around in that um monstrosity of a, <laughs> of a bmw suit. suit yeah but it's well, he, call, he calls it his, he calls it his twat suit doesn't he yeah so at least he's kind of a bit self self-deprecating in that with it but yeah but let's not judge you know people no. are you know there's there's nothing wrong with that and that is where why harley exists today i suppose because they've they've built that brand is exists done that very yeah. well so unless there's anything else you want to talk about i suppose um no i'm just scanning through my notes now i don't think so really i mean yeah i think we've covered most of the main main points on the bike um price wise we haven't actually mentioned the actual prices so like we said the there's 1500 pound difference the base bike starts at 14k you can pay a little bit more for extra paint and obviously all the accessories um but the special is only 15 and a half which i think is 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 pretty reasonable um, I was expecting it to be more coming from Harley Davidson. Like I said, I think you'd be mad to go for the the base bike. Yeah, I mean the 1250 GSA is 15. The Tiger 1200 starts at 12.2, but if you want the top spec XCA, 
Yeah, but no one buys it. No one buys. I don't think you can even. I don't know if you can. Yeah. Even get so the top spec one. XCA with the spoke wheels. You look. You're up at seventeen one. That's that. Which is yeah. So apparently that's about where you'll be on a Pan America if you spec the spoke wheels, the posh paint, and the adaptive ride height. You'll be around the seventeen mark. Multistrada's fifteen and a half. So Multistrada's the same price and fifteen for the KTM. So we're all, you know, it's all much of a muchness, really. Yeah, and all, all these bikes you can add bells and whistles to and take them up to sort of seventeen, eighteen grand with no problem. I'm sure, you know. But the point is, it's not it's not outpriced itself by any means, no. is it? No, not at all. Which again, I thought it would it would have been up you know 16 17 maybe mm. but there we go so i suppose final question is which i haven't asked you i didn't ask you before we started mm. and i'm looking forward to hearing your answer do you like this bike yes or no i don't want a oh well it's got this and it's got that so so does it have to be yes or no yeah i want a yes or no mm. you can go into it you can be more nuanced afterwards but i want to i want a definitive best bike ever worst bike ever no i'll go with yes um i like it i like it more than i thought i would that's not to say i'm in love with it um i think the performance figures are genuinely kind of impressive to come from a harley davidson and i like the fact that it's a departure from the standard harley recipe who it's for is interesting because i, I think you've got to be the sort of person that tends to be quite left field with your decision making um, I think people mm -hmm. that want to be different will will go for it, um, because like we said, I don't think they're going to sell a bucket load in the UK. But do I think they've brought out an absolute dog? No, I think I think it's a welcome addition to kind of the ADV class. I think it, yeah, I think it will sell well in the US. I don't think we'll see my, many sales of it over here. I agree, totally agree with you with that. Um, it's just a niche. Uh, I don't know what the these big adventure bikes how they do over in the states but mm. i think it's too late in the day to to try and carve your way in um when you've got so many established models i'm gonna yeah. just to be controversial i'm gonna go opposite to you i'm gonna say no i don't like it that's not to say there's not a lot that i do like again like mm -hmm. this, like you said i'm pleasantly surprised actually overall but there's nothing stand out on this bike it it it's bought itself in on paper to be at the same point as all the other bikes mm -hmm. but it i felt it needed to do something more to to make people want to buy it that aren't like like we said earlier either you know people who are harley fans maybe new riders i cannot see someone trading in their gs for for a pan america i just don't see it again but it's 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 a strange bike it's one of those things that i i think could it's all going to sway on how it rides yeah 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 absolutely you get get you could you could sit on it and go oh wow actually this is amazing and i kind of eat all my words yeah it's all going to come down to how how it feels that profile of that engine you know i've not ridden that type of bike with that type of motor you know it's it'll be interesting yeah because remember kids this is the only v twin motorcycle <laughs> ever made <laughs> this is why you no. Know, this is why it's good that we have it's good it'd be, this would be somebody a terrible podcast it's good that we have somebody that knows what they're talking about <laughs> and someone that and somebody that, that's just fake news that takes the time to edit the podcast <laughs> and do all the do all the lackey work yeah exactly. absolutely yeah <laughs> i can't wait till that's all edited out I'll leave it in. Just I, for enjoy, the I enjoy the fact that you made a spreadsheet to compare <laughs> these bikes and included two v twin bikes in it 
Although one of them is technically V4 now, so I'll let you off. I did but, genuinely yeah. Google why are there no V twin adventure bikes, and they didn't give me any results. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably find out now that the ones that I thought were aren't. So it's fine. We're all we're all here to learn, aren't we? Exactly. So I'm sure there'll be That's plenty it. of listeners that are in journey. the same boat as me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Are there any inline four adventure bikes, James? Probably. Someone probably makes something. I yeah. can't think of any. Kawasaki Versus? That's not Th- an adventure bike. Thousand. Yes, it is. Is it an inline four? Is this not a triple? No. Oh, Kawasaki um... don't make a single triple anymore. Used to, years ago, I think. Um, like, yeah, a long, long time ago. And um, BMW S1000XR, I believe, is, yeah, that's definitely an inline four. But again, you might not class that as an adventure bike. It's not. It's a sports tourer. It's a, it's a sports bike on stilts. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. We should do this. We should do like a, a quiz episode with James. <laughs> <laughs> Test his knowledge. No, thanks. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, because the cracks will really show them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just all I, of so, I do occasionally look at my license to want to double check that I do actually, like when I'm doing my insurance every year, I do actually double check that you've got that I haven't had, B I'm still on not on my restricted license from yeah. like, because I was back when you took it and it was restricted for two years and you automatically yeah, become unrestricted. Yeah. I yeah, always so. wonder in case that it's not been done. <laughs> not, I don't think they do that in line with your knowledge, to be fair. Imagine if they did, that'd be great. If there was a test and you actually had to know stuff about bikes. You had to be a cool biker. Yeah. Anyway. Right, cool. I think we're done, mate. Um, yeah. I enjoyed Inter- that. Inter- I, interesting was... new bike. Not blown our socks off, I guess, is the... I tell you what, I've I've not come home from work sat down and watched like a how I many is it they're calling it a documentary like a press you know launch yeah, almost yeah. of a of a bike i while i'm eating my dinner with my, wife, my baby since the t7 yeah. i've genuinely enjoyed today like reading into it taking some mm-hmm. notes and you know it's controversial it's fun it's and it is different and i'm you know i think that's good for everyone it's not just it's not just oh, it's another Bonneville range that they all look the same. Mm. No, I shouldn't. I shouldn't bag Triumph because I like Triumph, and I'm sure the, bon- the the new Bonnevilles that are launched this week are fantastic. But unfortunately, that's not our niche. So no, I think it was mostly paint jobs, it. to be honest. <laughs> no, I need to. Have a you know what I mean? It's nice well. to have something fresh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So next week we will. We haven't decided. We were talking about this earlier. We're either going to do one episode on all the bikes of. 2021 or we might mm. break it down depends on how much we've got to talk about them we might break it down by manufacturer maybe i think that we've we'll managed to speak for i know no like we said it's a new bike but we we're almost an hour for nearly an hour about this one we should probably just break it down to manufacturer rather than trying to do mm-hmm. it in one go otherwise we'll be here for days yeah but if you if you want to ask us any questions about any of the mm. bikes for this year we, I, I would love to hear everyone's opinions uh, about this Pan America, so please do ping us an email. Uh, we're at hello at ninety five abb dot com, or just fire us a a message on Instagram. I'm at ninety five adv. Uh, yeah, I'm a Devonshire underscore biker. Uh, that will do us for this week. Uh, this. Well, why am I telling you when this is going to go out? You are not going to know until it is out. Until it's out. <laughs> so don't worry about that. <laughs> this will be out on Saturday. So uh, yeah. Anyway, catch all right. lovely people then. Yeah. Oh, don't keep adventuring, but we can start adventuring soon. Yeah, a little bit. 
can little start bit. to do a little bit of adventuring no earlier than I, f- I, can't I don't know when actually I can't remember what bloody date I think it's the 29th of March I think is when we're allowed to like have some fun excellent yeah Maybe. we can go if out for recreation that's if it we, we can go behave. out for for recreation so I can meet you for a coffee slash picnic slash green lane yeah we can picnic on a green lane sounds good to me cool no <laughs> earlier than that and that's only if we all behave ourselves up until then to be good people Yes, please do. Stay safe, everyone. All right. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.